1: Welcome welcome back to Boss and Cage podcast. On today's show we have Joy White. Now, and I'm trying to figure out the like the best way to to give you guys a little sample of of who she is, but to kind of just give you a little I'm going to let her kind of, you know, bust the bubble in, in a little bit deeper, but she's a lawyer by trade, right? She's also a, a mom of two different kids, right? And in addition to that, she's always been on this journey to follow success and on that journey there's forks in the road. So she's at that fork in the road now to where she's jumping from being a full-time lawyer into her next journey. So without further ado, Joy White, introduce yourself to our audience.
0: Hey, everybody. So yes, so Chanel or S.A. Grant, not sure which term to use. So uh, describe me well. I mean, I am all of those things and a lot of other things. So definitely... Uh, CEO and founder of Flawed Masterpiece, new um, business venture that I just launched two days ago. Um, Also an attorney of 16 years, mother of two boys, 16 and 13, um, and just a lot of other things. But that's the high level.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. So if you had to define yourself in three to five words, what would those three to five words be?
0: (laughs) Three to five words, I would say, um, kind of a balance between conformity and rebellion, um so that's <laughs> right that's good, right um ambitious and um a strong kind of faith, like so kind of really purpose driven, so that's more than five, but yeah, yeah. purpose driven yeah
1: so let's dive into this business model a little bit because obviously i mean most people kind of understand the definition of what a lawyer is and obviously they understand there's different segmentations of being a lawyer so let's start there like what kind of lawyer were you and then just jump into like what is this new business venture
0: got it um so civil employment attorney so civil means not criminal. Um, and so I primarily have done defense work, which means representing the company, the employer. Um, so I've done that for 16 years. I've also done business litigation, antitrust, securities, uh, commercial litigation. So essentially representing large companies and corporations and sometimes smaller employers in litigation, meaning they've been sued in court. There's no criminal charges involved anywhere. So that's what I've done for 16 years. I've done that in a big law firm. I've done that in two small law firms that I founded and helped manage. And I also did that at, um, in a kind of medium-sized firm. Most recently, I was a, a VP of Legal Affairs and General Counsel at Morehouse College. So I've done, I was doing that for the last four years.
1: So with everything that she just lifted, you can kind of hear like she's the epitome of the corporate structure on one hand, right? So I want you to pay attention to what she's about to say about this other business unit on the other hand. So that's one, right? Like that's like the Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde. <laughs> Continue.
0: So the new business is called Flawed Masterpiece. And this is something that I've been thinking about for years. I would say probably in the last five years, I felt compelled to share my story So that's where this all started, my personal story, which is something that unless you are close to me, been in a relationship with me or kind of a part of my family, you would have no idea what my personal story is. And it's very different than kind of what I, you know, have shown kind of on my corporate side. So I've been feeling compelled to share that story for the last few years. And so Flawed Masterpiece is the culmination of that. Um, but the purpose is to empower other women. So it started with Joy, share your story. And then for me, that is important. And as part of Slide Masterpiece, I do share my story. But the more important part is to empower other women and girls that can see themselves in my story. I felt like my story is not there. Th- this is not out there, like there's no one who's talking about this. And so what this is, is about accepting your flaws. It's about things that you perceive to be flawed and or society views to be flawed. So that can be mental health, that can be, uh, you know, mental health diagnosis, that can be a history of abuse, that can be coming from a single parent household, so you got race, class, gender, you got it all mixed up in there. Anything that is perceived to be less than, um, that's the flawed. And then the masterpiece is essentially, you know, and I'll talk, I guess, talk about later, but everybody is is amazing. Like everybody's unique. Everybody's individual. There are no rules. And so part of this is based on, you know, my first 40 years on this earth, I lived according to rules that are bullshit like there are no rules and at some point you realize there are no damn rules and so why don't I show up authentically? Why don't I show up in my whole self, not in the ten percent of myself that the world and my family and my religion deem as acceptable. There's another ninety percent and it's about showing up in that way, accepting yourself, loving yourself and then Kind of living in your full self. That's that's what flawed masterpiece is about, and about seeing the beauty in it. Like it's not acceptance in a hey, this is a fucked up shit, but let me accept it. No, it's like I am fucking dope. Like I am amazing. That's the point of flawed masterpiece because there's a lot of stigma associated with a lot of the things that I've experienced in my life, and even in the conversations where it's about let's get rid of the stigma, let's minimize it. It's still about let's accept it, you know, like, hey, you know, I mean, this is unfortunate, but let's, no, fuck that, like, own it, like, own it, like, superpower, like, I am, (laughs) I have superpowers, because until you fuck with yourself, you can't fuck with nobody else, like, that's really what it is, and that's what I learned in my life, is that these issues are way more critical than practicing law, which is amazing, and it's an amazing accomplishment, and I'm proud of it, but that's not the most important thing.
1: So that's what I'm It's like it's like a praise Jesus because I I want you guys to understand when I first met her, right? She was kind of like extremely tailored, right? And I understand that she had like a little hood swag to her, but she kept the hood swag in a box, like in a cage, right? So and over the years, it's kind of like, you know, I I was always like the the cursor and like fuck this and fuck that. And then she was always kind of like, you need to tone that shit down a little bit. And now she's completely out the cage, boss and cage, and she's completely just like fuck it. Completely like fuck it. So, I want you to kind of break down like the, um, the acronym of what flawed stands for. So, I, I, so you, you, you heard her as a lawyer you understand she knows what she's doing, but you just saw her passionate side. Like, what is she passionate really about? So, go ahead and break down what flawed is abbreviated for.
0: Sure. So, flawed is an acronym. Um, and so, the F stands for fuck that, L is let that shit go. A is accept reality. W, w is WUSA. So think like Martin and Bad Boys like rubbing his ears. So W is for WUSA. E is embrace healing. And then D is dope as fuck. So that, that's the acronym. And it's saying it's I, I can explain what each of those mean. For the most part, it's kind of self-explanatory, but it's also a process. So it is kind of F is like fuck society fuck culture, fuck your family, fuck whoever, whoever, whatever makes you feel less than and fuck you making yourself feel less than, fuck that too. So it's really about a protest to all of those things. So that's what fuck that's about. You know, and then L, and this is big, L is let Mm -hmm. that shit go. And for me, that means let go of what you thought your life was supposed to be like, Mm -hmm. like let the shit go. Like, so a lot of people are like, oh, I understand, let that be. no, that's what it means in flawed. It means once you have said fuck that to whomever, whatever, however, then it's let go of whatever you thought it was supposed to be. Because, you know, I'll share some of my story later, but my life did not go according to plan. Despite all the many accomplishments and all the wonderful things that I accomplished, it still didn't go according to plan. And part of this process is releasing that, like releasing your attachment to, this is what my life was supposed to be like, like let it go. Cause you really can't get to living your dope as fuck life until you let go of whatever life you thought you were supposed to be living. Mm -hmm. And so that's what let that shit go. A is accept reality. And for me, what accept reality means is, look in the mirror, (laughs) like look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, who are you really? what is your real life, not your life you thought you were going to have, but what is your life? Because for part of me, I denied a lot of things in myself. So it wasn't even so much about hiding it from other people. It was more about me denying it and just, hey, I don't know who the fuck that person is over there, but that ain't me. I'm this person. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, except reality, like, except it which isn't necessarily sad. It could be <laughs> it's some bad shit. It could be bad, but that's not really the point. The point is just be real, like just with yourself. What is your life? Then W, w is wu And so for me, wu is all things, mindfulness, meditation, reflection, journaling, going out in nature, really, it's going to be different things for different people. Um, But it's really about getting present and not present in the except reality, the slow down. Like I discovered mindfulness and meditation probably five years ago, and it has completely changed my life. And I am a person of faith. I'm a Christian. I have, you know, grown up in the church and I don't denounce that in any way. I still have all of those views. That's how I feel. But there was some other shit that I needed to kind of I needed some other tools in the in the kit and I didn't have them. And so for me, mindfulness, meditation, self care, journaling, boundaries, like it's the whole kitten's caboodle, you need that shit. <laughs> like you need that. That is something separate and apart, in my opinion, from religion, your religious belief. Yes, separate box. Getting kind of in touch with think still in your mind learning how to kind of silence the talk the chatter in your mind but that's the small version so that's what loose eyes all that stuff mm-hmm. um and then embrace healing is a big one and again this is a process so you have already said Fuck that you've let shit go hey this ain't my life you've accepted reality this is my life now you have done meditation journaling You've, you know, walked in nature, you're planting flowers, doing whatever, doing art, coloring, drawing, whatever you need to do. And then you get to E. And E is embrace healing and it's healing, like really healing. And so everybody, you know, people have different experiences in their life. Everyone, no one is immune from life happening. Now, there are some things and, you know, and again, when I say trauma, for me, I'm it's definitely tied to my own trauma. Right. So I am not professing to understand every type of trauma that can exist in the world. And I can appreciate that. My trauma has to do, you know, with mental health, with uh, surviving physical abuse, sexual abuse, uh, you know, absence of a father, classism. Uh, misogyny i mean i've had it all and for me i never heal because i rejected it because again if you don't accept reality you can't heal anything you won't confront, and so that's why you got to accept it back there and then get quiet and be still so then you can move to healing and healing you can do self-healing depending on what you got going on therapy a coach i mean to me, I, it depend on the severity of what the trauma, I recommend some professional <laughs> helping with that, uh, some kind of licensed professional, because um, for me, I didn't deal with those things and those things showed up. And so, you know, if you don't deal with that shit, I, I talk about it, it it's like molds or something. Like you might not see it at first, but by the time you do see it, it's a problem. <laughs> And it can kill you, like literally, like it's that powerful. And until you confront it and deal with it, you will never live your best life. So that's the reason I say embrace, because healing is a journey. You'll never be healed with an ED. It is a process that, frankly, will go on your entire life. But you got to at least be willing to start the process. And so that's why the term is embrace it, because it's like just be open to it instead of what I was in, which I was not open to it um and then once you've at least started the process and you have fucked culture and society you have let go of your imaginary life that you thought you were going to have you've accepted your real life you've learned how to you know whether you know journal reflect introspection uh now you have embraced healing and you're on the healing journey then you get to D which is dope as fuck and the point I, I just like the term dope in general um but it's really about like i am dope as fuck like Chanel will tell you <laughs> like i am dope He will agree i'm making him agree. but like i have always been dope as fuck and a lot of other people that struggle with some of these issues so have they like like everybody in their own right is dope as fuck anyway like everyone's unique everyone's an individual everyone's valuable and whatever they have to offer the world and dope as fuck is really about walking in that walking in your full authority of who you are in all its texture and color that that's what dope as fuck is it's own it own your your dopeness in its totality so that's why
1: so i mean i think you alluded to a, cu- a couple of different things and then one thing i want to bring up is like you're saying you had so many different bad experiences and you found a way to turn those bad experiences into positive outcomes Mm -hmm. so what was the worst experience you've encountered on your journey to creating this new business good question
0: (laughs) i will tell you and on my journey to creating this new business the the, the hardest thing was frankly getting support for the vision Mm -hmm. you know um what this business is kind of a it's not just a hybrid hybrid it's like three different things it's uh coaching, kind of in the personal development space, it is events, so again, wellness events and seminars and, and things of that nature, and then and it's products, so it's wellness products, um, that promote self care. So, hey, when you're doing the woo sa stuff and you're embracing healing, what are the different products that you can use during that process? So, candles. And aromatherapy journals, like things that are kind of support you in that process. Um, so, those are three different things, right? Like three different markets, so to speak. You know, again, Chanel told you my background is, is practice and attorney. So, I went straight through school. So, I've never done anything but practice law mm-hmm. ever. And so, the process of saying, hey, this is this vision that I have, um, I want to bring it forth okay, well, I don't know how to do any of this. Like, I don't know how to source products. I don't know how to plan events. I do know how to mentor and support women and coach women. Um, so that is something I have always done and felt passionate about. But okay, turning that into its own business, like coaching as a business, three different areas that I don't have a, any experience in the event planning and the product and not formal kind of, this is my way that I'm going to make money in terms of the coaching and so trying to find help frankly and people to see the vision and help me execute the different pieces was very hard because I got a lot of pushback like you can't do that like that's three different markets that's you know you know market sectors and target I'm like oh I know who my target audience is like I know who that person is because it's me and nobody's talking to me in all of who I am People talk to me as an attorney, they may talk to me as a trauma survivor, they may talk to me as a Christian, but nobody's talking to all of me. Mm -hmm. And and so part of what I wanted to offer to the culture is, hey, person who has this myriad of things going on that don't, you know, it doesn't fit into a box, I want to talk to you, I want to, I want to serve you, I want to serve you in coaching, I want to offer you know, retreats and environments that speak to all of you and support all of you and have you in like-minded environments with other people who, who are all of these things and then have products that you will really value and appreciate and that will kind of enhance your quality of life. So I'm very clear on what I wanted to do, but when I took that to let me find a coach, let me find a mentor, let me find somebody to help me do branding messaging, marketing, I got a lot of pushback. And I it was very hard to and and really still have a lot of pushback with people like this is how I can support you walking through this whole process. So that was hard because I've never I mean this sounds terrible. I've never had to rely on anybody for anything to execute. Like so I'm a big set the target, you know, set the target, hit the goal. Like I win right there. Always have. And this was hard to hit the goal because I did not want to limit my vision to what I already knew how to do, because that's small, that's living small, but trying to execute on the vision when you need other people to believe in your vision, because you just don't know how to do it. Like, I don't know how to make products. I don't know how to plan events. That doesn't mean I shouldn't be able to have a vision and bring it forward, but people uh were not, I won't say not supportive, they just didn't see the vision. So people, want, I think a lot of people were supportive and like, I will help you, but it you need to do this. Like, hey, your background is a lawyer. You've done all these things, leverage that. Like, that's what you need to leverage. I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I get that. And that's kind of a, that's a path that a lot of people take. You know, hey, I'm a lawyer. I want to pivot into coaching, coach other attorneys coach included in what, you know, I'm sure I will offer. But what I'm passionate about is that woman or young woman, mid-career woman that has never had permission or felt that she had permission to show all the way up, or the woman who has trauma that she has never dealt with And she thought, hey, I can outrun this shit with accomplishments. Like, as long as I stay, like, 100 miles ahead of this, it'll never catch up. And then the shit catches up. Um, But actually trying to execute tangible pieces, of segments of this business to bring it forward. um, You know, you need people to help you with those things. And that was not, I didn't get a lot of support. And not again, not supporting. Hey, Joy, I support you in the business. Mm-hmm. Fine, but you can't do all three of these things at once. You can't. These, these are three different businesses. You can't launch three businesses. I'm like, oh, I can launch three businesses. <laughs> it's gonna be one business, one target audience, three offerings to that audience. That makes sense to me, and that's what the hell, flawed masterpiece is. But um, it was it, it was hard to to have someone helped me bring it to market um because i didn't really have that
1: support yeah so i, I think it's, it's ironic because i mean we've known each other for about 10 plus years at this point and hearing you tell that story part of that story is is my story like i've had multiple different coaches and all the coaches have told me to streamline my process to select one thing and anybody that knows like my career wise i've jumped into damn near every expertise knowing the damn man, right? And and I've juggled all of them at the same time. So I hear where you're coming from. So in that, right, like my question for you is understanding that you want to launch these three businesses, right? You need help growing them. And, you know, obviously I have an agency that can support that. So my question, right, right now, live, is are you willing, are you willing to dedicate the time it's going to take? Because one business may take one to five years, so you need to multiply that by three different businesses and then factoring all of them into one funnel, right? A prime example mm-hmm. of that is like, I have my Cerebral 360 and that's marketing. I have Boston mm-hmm. Cage, which is more so entrepreneurial giving back. And I have my SA Grant, which is more consultant. But I had to separate these brands and then find uniformity, individual of them. And each one of them talks to a different audience. But the keystone between all three is myself. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, for you to step out from being a lawyer and stepping into the space of an influencer, you're going to have to, like, it's going to be a long road on the treadmill. And you're going to have, mm-hmm. you know, I can give you the water bottle, I can give you some fruit snacks on the way, but you have to keep mm-hmm. on running. Like, there's no stopping once you get on this path. Mm-hmm. So, my question is are you willing to do that? Of course. So,
0: yes, I am willing to do that, but I do want to offer something. You know in the Wuai space, this is also about mindset, like so there's there's a part of that that is about limiting belief um and that is something that I discovered um and it transformed my life, and so I bring that up because I honestly believe, and this is just me you can do whatever the fuck you wanna do once you decide to do it, and I'm gonna do it how the fuck I wanna do it <laughs> like that's the other thing, and it's not to reject advice, but here's the thing. I've done it. I've done amazing shit. I've done things in my life that a person who's had some of the experiences I've had shouldn't be able to do. Like there's a lot of people that stop way back. And so when I think about the energy, the time, the effort, the grind, the hustle that I have put in to get up to this point, only for that to be 10 to 15% of who I am as a whole, um, definitely prepared to put into work I've done nothing but do that in my life so that's I mean that's just kind of how I'm built anyway but but something I want to offer I guess is that I did not discover that there was this world of um you know not grinding actually <laughs> like people making tons and tons of money and living the life they believe, you know, and helping tons of people. And it's not tied to a hundred hours, you know, all this craziness. Like I remember when I first left King and Calding, I was shocked that people were doing stuff at 5 p.m. in the day. I'm like, who are all these people out living life at five? Because I was working till one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. That's all I have ever known. Mm. And as a as a professional, as a mother, as a, and so part of my kind of what I want to offer in my business and kind of at least a a different message is no, the fuck you don't have to do all that, but you have to decide that you don't want to do all that. Like, I want to present options. Like you can do what you want, how you want. You have to work no matter what. You have to be passionate and dedicated no matter what. Mm. But this idea that it's going to take all these hours all these years, all this, I reject that. Like I actually reject that because that actually contributed to a lot of my suffering. And had I known that there's a whole world of people that don't do that shit, like a whole world of people that do not, you know, define themselves by how many hours they work or how long it takes them to get to, you know, there's just a different world. And I believe you can just decide to do that shit. I strongly believe you can just decide and then you work towards it, but you work towards it in a way that is like, I believe this is possible and it is possible because I believe it's possible and I'm going to do it. I, I use that kind of energy before in a box, like in a space that was defined for me. So I've always had that attitude. It's just, it was not an expansive view and it wasn't authentic to me. And so now it's take that same attitude that you've always had and apply it to this new business and to this idea that um, cancel grind culture, cancel, you know, black women are superheroes. Black women can be single moms and doctors and lawyers and, you know, they can wear the pants and everything's fine <laughs> and they can do all that. And you no, know, fuck that. No, because that is, that's the fuck that. That's the first part mm-hmm. of fuck that because there's suffering there. For me, there was, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel that I even, I didn't have time to deal with that suffering because I had to keep going. So for my unique story, that is part of why I, I kind of, push back when when people are like hey you know you got to be I'm like I already did that like I did that version and I will continue to do it like but in something that so actually serves me and serves my well-being it takes into account kind of the holistic truth of who I am and I don't think it gives me any less like I don't Kind of receive the, hey, you know, you got to go back to the beginning, which was a lot of feedback I got too. Like, hey, you know, your quickest way to go to market is use your your degree, like use your clout that you already have and use that to kind of, which makes sense. No question. And by the way, I still practice law. Um, so I'm not, you know, giving up my degree. I'm, I'm choosing to serve people that I want to serve. So I'm doing plainest employment work now representing employees after spending 16 years representing big corporate employer, I'm now like, I'm going to represent who I want to represent, um, and support, you know, that. So that's just kind of a switch, but I just want people to believe, especially people who have felt less than or unworthy. I just want them to believe there is no cap to what they want to do, how they want to do it. And that you also don't have to grind. And that's tricky when I say you don't have to grind. And I know that'll be misconstrued, but that's coming from a type A person. That's coming from someone who's like, hey, if I got to work 200 hours, I got to work 200 hours. If I don't get no sleep, I don't get no sleep. Like that. So that's coming from a person who's lived their life like that. Certainly, if you are a person that, you know, sleeps a lot and rests and takes a lot of relaxing, maybe you need to get some pep in yourself. So this is relative to my, kind of worldview but i need to take it back a notch in terms of the grind but up a notch i guess in terms of um what is available to me and who i'm able to serve and not you know it's kind of not limited because that's where you come back to the these are three different businesses this is the person i want to serve like there's a person there's a persona so to speak that i want to serve And I want to try to serve that person in totality now, like not you know piecemeal. I want because I feel like I want to be the person that I needed ten years ago. I needed to see some visual of something, or at least an option that hey, you can take care of yourself, meaning healing and all that, and live a bomb ass life, make lots of money, look. The, you know, you can do all those things, and and know that that's available to you just as an option to set as a goal and then shoot for that. That's what I want to offer, um, and so that's my resistance to say, "Oh, it's going to take five years, six years," because I needed this person ten years ago, mm-hmm. and I don't see anybody out here as I perceive it talking to this person again. That is this intersectionality of a lot of different
1: stuff yes i think it could definitely happen and it comes down to compounding and i'm going to tell you a little story about it was a Mm -hmm. guy that was in my networking group and his name was eric decker right and he had a video company and he was like maybe i think 22 he was very young being in a network group Mm -hmm. so he was going to network meetings and trying to get deals and close deals and he was running you know pretty successful video company but in his heart he wanted to be a youtuber right which is kind of different than editing mm-hmm. videos so he then decided exactly roughly about one year and a month ago said fuck everything to your point f right and then he became a youtuber one year later now he has one million subscribers so anybody that's a youtuber would understand like to get to one million subscribers that's not an easy damn thing it's like i've, I've seen people mm-hmm. are millionaires that are at like 50,000, 10,000 subscribers. For him to get to one hundred mm-hmm. subscribers, it's to your point, it could be done, but the, the hustle that he put into it, and I'm just watching his videos, like the way he got right. videos, the stories that he told. I mean, this dude dropped a damn yacht in someone's pool, like shit like that. Like he went across <laughs> state lines on a skateboard from California to Nevada on video. So he went to the extreme and worked to build up a following. So if you're going to go into that space, The work I'm talking about, you're going to have to, one, and I know you're not going to want to hear this because you're A-type personality. I understand that. But you're going to have to be coachable in the experience to get the information delivered to that audience as seamless as possible with the less resistance as possible. So, you know, you don't want to talk about being a lawyer? Fuck that. Don't talk about being a lawyer. But whatever you're going to do on the visual side, you're going to have Mm -hmm. to go 10 times into that space to deliver that message, to grow that audience really quickly. So I understand. Yeah, I do.
0: All right.
1: So, I received that. You received that. So diving to, to, to the next question, I mean, obviously you're a lawyer, so you understand the legalities of things behind the scenes. Like how is this business structured? Are you like L- LLC, S corp, C corp? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I am a LLC and then doing business as. So, uh, and the reason it kind of goes to your point, I envision that there could be a world where they do have to break out. like the the event from the coaching from the product so i understand that and so it is a an llc and right now the whole business is a dba at flawed masterpiece and all of these kind of lines or markets are under flawed masterpiece but I, I created it that way so that if I need to create a diff at some point a different brand name DBA for the product versus the events versus the services and the personal coaching and development um, that that's why I set it up that way so you have the flexibility to run all of these businesses if they show up all under one business. Now I also still have my law firm. That has to be a separate entity. So it is also an LLC, but law firms cannot share or kind of be in a business venture where there are non-legal services provided. So I have two LLCs, one for my legal practice and then one for kind of all other things.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, like, I know you've been on your journey for a while and we've always perceived someone's success as an overnight success but really behind the scenes it takes 20, 10, 5 years right there's a period of time mm-hmm. that that takes for somebody to get to that point how long did it take you to get to where you are currently?
0: Um, I mean I've been practicing law for 16 years um, this my current venture flawed masterpiece I have been working on that Formally working on since June 2020, so six months, six, seven months. Now, I felt called and compelled to share my story five years ago. And it actually took me until June 2020 to be willing to do it. Like, so I was very resistant to being fully transparent and fully authentic. It kind of once I decided. Like, all right, it's time, June, 2020, till I launched business January 31,
1: 2021. Cool, cool. So on that journey, what's one thing that you would want to do differently if you could do it all over again? Um,
0: I would have wanted to be more, um, I guess more focused on getting the right people on the team. Like, you know, and, and this is tricky, getting the right people. So if I talk to one person and they don't see the vision, okay, that's just the wrong person. Not the vision isn't what the vision needs to be. So it's probably being more committed and dedicated to finding the right people. Like my vision is my vision. Now being coachable is different. And I agree with that. You trying to get me to change my vision, not open to that. And so what happened is when I got pushed back from certain people, I was like, fuck it, I'm launching this business and I'm proud of what I've launched and I and, and it will grow and evolve. But I think if I could have done something different, um, I probably would have focused, you know, given myself more time to find people that were experts in messaging, expert in product expert in whatever that bought into the vision. So it's not about changing the vision, because the vision is the vision. Because mm. I feel like God gave me the vision, but so you can't change my vision. But just being more committed and dedicated to trying to find people and just keep going. Hey, you're the wrong person. Hey, let me interview you. yep, you're the wrong person too. Because I will tell you my visual perfect example for the, the brand that person that her name's Nat Taylor. Mm. Amazing. I was able to articulate my vision and she got it. And that's what the visuals are that are on the homepage of my, of my website that i I miss that. Like that, that is what I wanted to, to show. And I have a Spotify playlist, I, my brand logo. Like I was able to articulate my vision to creatives. So it's very interesting to people that have creative backgrounds, which again, I don't come from that world. I come from, law but the creatives got it like when I articulated hey this is what it sounds like this is what it feels like what it looks like you know they got it and my my um logo looks it 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 shows and demonstrates what I meant for it to show my like I said my visuals my pictures that are you know very powerful I believe they show what I meant for them to show and where I got stuck was the messaging and the kind of you know I don't know like doer people like products event planning personal that's where I definitely didn't know how to do it myself and was not able to find people that that got it because like I said for the visual the logo all that they got it they're like yes I understand it makes perfect sense this is exciting but you know, trying to find folks that to execute. Because again, I'm all about execution as much as I am about vision and passion. And and so the execution is hard when your vision is bigger than your skill set, your your personal skill set.
1: And I mean, yeah, and, and you know, I looked over your, your website, and, and to your point, I mean, definitely, I think the the images definitely stand out. And to your point, the one thing that you're missing is copy. It, it's like mm-hmm. strong copy to depict yeah. the visuals because again when you're thinking about search engines you're thinking about the technical you're thinking about algorithms behind the scenes not a lot of them are not reading images they're reading the content behind the images right recording images what's the story behind the images what are people clicking right. on? where are they landing afterwards so i think that's something that definitely in your next phase of this working on messaging will definitely help mm-hmm. you forward so so I mean, let's just go a little bit back into to mm-hmm. like your entrepreneurial background. So I've had the opportunity to, to meet your mom, and I can see that she's a type personality, right? She has she has a vision of how she wants things to be done, and obviously that's carried over to you, right? So are you from an entrepreneurial background? Like, where besides from your mom being a type personality, where are you getting your hustle? From?
0: Um, that's a good question. So no, I am not from an entrepreneurial background at all. Um, so everyone in my family, you know, is you know, professional, you know, well, no, I'm not gonna say that. But no entrepreneur. So I am the first. And I have a cousin who is an entrepreneur. Um now I'll tell you this, it could be for my dad, right? So I did not um spend a lot of time with my dad growing up, but he was an entrepreneur. And so you know, there's this whole world nature versus nurture, all that stuff. I think perhaps that that kind of is in me um but it was definitely not something that was anywhere it was never presented to me so i never saw any entrepreneurs ever just like i never saw any lawyers so i decided to be a lawyer before i knew what lawyers did and i decided to be an entrepreneur before i knew any entrepreneurs um so
1: yeah (laughs) that's that gotcha so talking about your family a little bit you know you talked about you have two kids one 16 and one 13 right and for the Mm -hmm. longest as long as I know you've been a single mom so my question is how the hell do you juggle your work life with your your family life I mean like like how the hell you do that um it goes
0: to what I was saying earlier I guess about mindset and you know let me use some of this Superpower shit that I clearly have towards shit I want to do. Um, because honestly, I don't know how, like I'm 40 now, I'm getting ready to be 41. And when I look back over <laughs> their lifetime and kind of my career, I to this moment have no idea how I did those things. Um, I mean, so yes, I've been a single mom the entirety of my time. Um, I was married for two years to my youngest son's dad. So my boys have different dads. And um so of the whole time I was married for two years total, um I had my oldest son, my third year of law school. And so my career tra- kind of tracks his age. So I have never been a professional and not been a single mother. So it's all it's seamless. It kind of is just right there together. So I've not known adulthood without kids. I haven't known my, my career without kids. So it's it's kind of that's all I've ever known. Um I think it's my drive that pushed me, you know, to just, you know, there are some unhealthy things about that. But I think maybe my drive and my kind of ambition, like I'm fundamentally an ambitious and kind of driven person. And then, okay, I have kids and I have a vision of who I want to be as a mother. And so you just got to do the shit. Like, you know, so I never really conceived considered other options which for the record is part of my message part of my message now is hey there are other damn options like not that I would change my journey because it's my journey Mm -hmm. but there's consequences to pushing yourself that hard um and they show up in a lot of different ways so it's on the one hand I don't want to demonize my journey because it is my journey Mm -hmm. and I'm proud of what I've accomplished but there are a lot of things when you're focused on your career at the highest level and you're focusing on parenting at the highest level um, relationships, clearly that shit don't work. <laughs> So that's a problem. <laughs> that doesn't go well. Um, but here's the thing, relationships with others, but also relationships with yourself which is, again, is something that I only discovered recently. And that's why I feel so driven to share that message. Like how you fuck with yourself matters a lot. And you don't develop that necessarily when it's all kids, all work. Those are the only two relevant things because you ain't in that. You are nowhere in the, you know, half of me goes here, half of me goes there. That's how I got here. And that's part of what I'm trying to dispel is, hey, there's other ways, I'm determined that there will be other ways to reach success that don't equate to um, kind of sacrificing your own well-being.
1: Got it. So on that journey, so it seems like you're, you're, you're coming to awareness of like just time and understanding your time management. And on one hand, you were just completely, if there's 24 hours of a day, you're going to try to figure out how can I squeeze 25 hours out of one day. So what is, what is your morning habits and your morning routines look like?
0: That's a good question. Yeah, such a good question. So my morning routine that has evolved over time is I spend an hour in the morning. Um, I get up, I read a devotion in the little Bible app. I read a scriptures and a devotion. Then I do, um, I meditate. And so sometimes I do um, a guided meditation. Sometimes I do kind of guided like visualization, which is different than meditation. Um, but always something that involves getting centered and kind of in tune with my inner self. Um, I do that. Then I journal. Um, I do a gratitude journal. And I, um, that's kind of the definite, like every single day I do that. And then after that, it varies. Usually I spend about 30 minutes, um, planning my day. So I get up at five o'clock in the morning every day um so it's probably like an hour and a half process every day and it's critical for me like I realized like I need that before the day starts before the kids are up and before time to work I need that dedicated time to uh kind of fill myself my spirit connect with God connect with myself um and plan for the day
1: great great so I mean it's funny that that you brought up um things that you're you're reading so every time like my questions you saying that i have good questions i've staged my questions to kind of like tell a story right so as the story was progressing over the the past episodes i realized that like you a lot of people wake up hella early like you a lot of people either are meditating working out and in addition to that they're always reading or absorbing some kind of content some kind of information so because of that i decided started to create a boston cage book club so what book have you read to help you on your journey? And, and, and would you recommend those books in addition to what mm-hmm. books are you reading currently right now? Got it. So books
0: that I, I have read on the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, gift, the gift, gift of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Huge, 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 especially for people who um, have issues with self-worth. And even if you don't think you're having issues with self-worth so it's really if you identify with being a perfectionist then Mm -hmm. I would recommend that book um I read I started reading that book three different times Mm -hmm. and every time I would get to something that was so piercing I threw it like I literally threw the book I'm like I don't have time for this shit like literally I was like I see it but I don't have time for this shit right now I got a big dinner And it, I mean, I had this book and and it's not even that big. It took me probably two years to actually read it and fully go through it because it was the beginning of my awakening. I would say my self-awareness about um, my trauma and how it is showing up in ways that I didn't think were trauma-based. I'm like, I am fine. Um, And then you read something that sounds like it's like a narrative of your life, you know, about trying to, you know, out hustle stuff and kind of achieve and perfect. Cause really for me, at least, you know, underneath that is some self-worth issues and you're trying to stack your accomplishments and your accolades on top of that. So Renee Brown, all of her stuff is great, but gifts of imperfection um, is one of them. Also, you are a Badass by Jen Sincero is a big one. Um, Subtle art of not giving the fuck, it's something. And all of those, so, you know, Brene Brown was about kind of the healing and the trauma and stuff that I've really hadn't dealt with, but, uh, Subtle Art and Not Giving a fuck, Jen Sincero, those kind of books, Four Hour Workweek, um, those, um, are books that, again, put something in my purview that I did not know about, like, whole world of stuff and ideas and perspectives that were nowhere in my psyche, Like mindset issues <laughs> and just so it's kind of in the self-help space but about you know just you know you can do whatever you want just decide you want it things that I had applied in my life already just didn't understand that this was a whole way of thinking and a whole way of approaching life um and coming up being raised very religious and type a career religion family that's kind of the World that I know, and I'm southern, southern born and raised. I've only ever lived in the south, so I have very narrow view of just all kinds of things. So those books were great and kind of taking me along the journey of kind of an awakening. I'm currently reading. I just finished it, but I just have to shoot Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Love, 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 love the book. Highly recommended. It's about you know she's. written a lot of books that she is like, I don't give a fuck. Like, but she doesn't. She does cuss, but that's not the point. But it, I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna do me. Like, and she kind of talks about the consequences of not doing you. And it's it's um, fictional-ish, um, but it's great. I love it. I highly recommend it. And then um, this other book, I have I have it here because I always forget the name of it. It's Warrior Goddess Training, <laughs> in which is not really my, you wouldn't normally think I would be like warrior goddess, but it's warrior goddess training and it's by Heather Ash Amara. Mm-hmm. And it's about becoming the woman you're meant to be. Um, and again, these are things that have a lot to do with owning yourself and understanding where you separated from yourself. Like at how, like the origins of how did you get to this place where you are not, your essence, like who you are in your essence if you are living this other life. Um so it's a book about that. Hmm. Great
1: yeah, yeah. book. Yeah, I definitely appreciate it. I mean, I think that's a that's a long list of insightful books. And I think each book represents the phases of where you were, where you are and where you're going. So that leads me to yeah. my next question. It's like, okay, on this journey, right? We're stepping forward. We're at present. Now we're gonna step to the future. Where do you see yourself in twenty years?
0: Twenty years. Ooh
1: um 20 years i
0: will definitely be a billionaire i will be a philanthropist i'll be a philanthropist um i will be serving women um i will be serving and it will be in any number of ways you know i want to offer a lot of financial resources to underserved communities but women minorities Um, folks with trauma, folks with mental health issues, single mothers, so kind of folks that kind of fall in buckets that I have, you know, that I self-identify with. Um, I, it's tricky, because I think I'm going to, it's going to evolve so much from this point that, you know, I'm trying to remain open to what that, what shape it takes. Um, I kind of see flawed masterpiece as the beginning of my me, like my like me showing up as me, and then bringing all my ambition, my drives, my intellect, my all that to something that I feel very um, kind of purpose to do and how I serve the community. Um, but I'm gonna make a lot of money, but I'm gonna help a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I just wanna I just want to commend you first, because I mean I've had this conversation on both sides of the coin and I've had, and I've answered that question and I've said similar things to what you said, like like becoming a billionaire is an objective, right? So i have to say, first of all, I want to commend you for having the balls and the audacity to say a billionaire. Not a millionaire, not a multi-millionaire, but a damn billionaire. And I want people to understand that there's a huge difference of mentality when you're at a hundred thousand versus a million versus ten million, hundred million, and a billionaire yeah. is a completely different intellectual standpoint not just from education wise but just understanding how to manage and operate a billion dollars completely changes the game so what tools do you use currently right now in the plethora of things that you're doing that you would not be able to do without
0: <laughs> uh outlook <laughs> um so i mean i i live by my calendar um, between two businesses and trying to take care of myself, make time for myself, my two kids. Um, outlook seriously, is, I live by it. If it's not in there, it's not real. I don't care if we had a conversation, I'm not going to remember it as soon as I tell you, you I'm going to do it. Um, meeting invites, like, because again, I do that, like, I will send you a meeting invite, like, for like anything. I'm like, oh, that's so anal. I'm like, listen, if you want me to do it and remember to do it, then it's gotta be on the calendar. Um, So calendar is big. Um, That's probably the biggest um, tool. I mean, I am learning now the different tools that in this new business. So Trello, I just discovered that I have never um, been big on, I've never been a project management kind of person. I realized that too, like I am result oriented, but I'm not process oriented. And I didn't know that <laughs> till now, because I'm very like, what's the target? Get the dark target, get there however you get there. Now, if you ask me to do it again, well, I don't know how the hell I got here. <laughs> I don't know, did you pay it? I don't know, like I could never redo that. So discovering that has been great. Um, and then on the law firm side, just practice management stuff, uh, you know, sign like things that allow you to have like a paperless office. Um All that kind of stuff, because there's a lot of paper in life and just there's a lot of paper in running businesses. So kind of uh, cloud based storage like OneDrive and, you know, iCloud, those kind of things that allow you to kind of manage your your documents um, without having all the paper,
1: I would say. So I I want you to think for a second and I want you to talk to, let's say, um, male or female early thirties to mid forties, they're in corporate America. They've had successful careers, much like you've have. They've hit all the check boxes. They've lived the white picket fence lifestyle. And now they're like, fuck it. I want to burn down everything. And I want to step into this new world of who I am. I'm tired of the regime. I'm tired of the man power to the people, right? What words of wisdom would you give them to motivate them to continue to move? Forward? I would
0: say definitely prepare for it with a caveat. So first and foremost you know, prepare financially. So like have savings, have some runway. Um, especially if you're trying to do something like me like where I don't even know how to do this stuff. I just know this is what I wanna do and I'm sick of it. Um, I would say have some financial resources in place so that you don't take the leap and then have to jump back into something because, you you know, you just can't afford financially to not have income. Because that can get you pulled right back in to something that you know is not right for you. But life is life. There are just practical realities. Um, Especially if you're a parent. There just are. You just can't not. Um, So, I would say that. Now, the caveat to that would be if you're suffering. And I believe that. Like, if you are in suffering. Not, I don't like my job. But if you are in a toxic environment, if you are, I mean, in toxic is relative to everyone else, but whatever you define as toxic, if you are in a toxic environment, I would say leave, just leave because the long term consequences of the longer you stay in a toxic, it's just like like I said, it's the mold. You're in there breathing in mold every day. And it's, it's gonna, it takes a lot to, you know, clean your lungs after you've been breathing in (laughs) darkness. (laughs) <laughs> for, for for a long time so i would say i, I make a caveat because there's tons of people that won't take the leap and they they minimize the impact of being in unhealthy environments and situations so um I would say, try to find mentors. And again, this is what I hope to be. Like, I hope to be an example of someone who left at the height of their career. I mean, I'm vice president of legal affairs, general counsel. I manage the board of trustees at Morehouse. I'm dealing with, I mean, I've done nothing but a straight upward shot in terms of my legal career. Um, But I hope to be an example of the success you can have when you choose you and you take all, all your talent and all your stuff and you apply it to something that is really kind of in sync with you. Because the point is, I don't ha- I don't see any examples of that. That's part of the reason why I want to do this. Meaning you're here, you're at a point where why would you leave this? Like, why would you like you reach every piece of success? I want to be an example of, but you know what, me being happy and being whole and being authentic is it's not that it's more important. It is more important, but you can still be successful. It's not an either or. It's not if you want to be you, then, you know, you are gonna struggle or you can be successful and be inauthentic. I want to kind of be an example and allow people to see my journey, frankly, which is part of the reason why I decided to kind of be more open up front, even though I haven't I don't even have a messaging person yet. I need one, by the way. I need a brand messaging person. But I was willing to still step out there because I actually wanted people to see the raw process, like the real journey of doing this, but also kind of inspire them when I blow all the way up. And this is just this big thing. It's like, Oh, but I just watched her do it, and she didn't know exactly. And she, but she believed in this. She was passionate about it, and so that I would tell them, just look at me, <laughs> follow me on this path, because I haven't seen a lot of examples of that. So I would say, don't be homeless if you can avoid it by having money saved and being able to have somewhat of a runway, um, and hopefully, I can be an example of that. Um,
1: That's my desire. Got it. Got it. So I think you definitely have an influencer state of mind because with an influencer, you're telling a story, but you want people to come along with that journey with you. So some of your things may be missing content and some of it may not be a little bit as edgy as you want it to be. But as you progress and as you systematize your things, then you go from being kind of starting out to being the full-blown influencer with hundreds, if not millions of followers, but they can kind of go back and see where you started to understand that you didn't start off with perfection, but you had to go on the journey to get there. So Mm -hmm. this is the time for you to kind of like, you know, tell people how did they get in contact with you? What's your email address, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, your YouTube, your website? What's the list of things and how can they get in contact with you? Got it.
0: Um, so everything is flawed masterpiece by joy in terms of social media. So Instagram, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, um, that's flawed masterpiece by joy. Um, the website is flawed masterpiece. So it's flawed masterpiece. Um, I have a Pinterest, I have a Spotify, I really, uh, so those are both, um, well, flawed masterpiece is a Spotify. It's just the Playlist is called Flawed Masterpiece, and the Pinterest is Flawed Masterpiece by Joy. Um, so those are all of my um, kind of Flawed masterpiece thing. um On Instagram, I'm at Joy White. So my personal Instagram is at Joy White. Um, so certainly can follow me there just to kind of keep up with what I'm doing as a person. But Flawed Masterpiece by Joy is all social media, and then the website Flawed Masterpiece.
1: Great, great. So roll it into the bonus round. And I always make this a public announcement that I always ask this question to everyone because everyone's going to have a uniquely different answer. And I have a feeling that yours is probably going to be completely, I have no clue what you're going to say, right? So if you, <laughs> I really don't. It's kind of a flip of a coin. So if you could spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oprah.
0: Okay. And it would be Oprah maybe not for the reasons other people would want to kick in with Oprah for me Oprah is if there is anyone that I would say would be an example of kind of what where I'm trying to head but you know with a different angle it would be her you know she started she has a very um, challenging childhood
1: mm-hmm. very. Some
0: very very challenging things she experienced in her life abuse and abandonment and kind of that heavy stuff that a lot of people you know, haunting for their life from their lives, and she's gotten to where she's gotten um, and and she's now definitely doing it in a way that is this is who I am, this is what I want to do. you know, so she went from kind of this tough upbringing to hey, I've reached success, you know with her show and kind of corporate America and all that stuff, but then her next level is. This is who I am. This is what I believe you know she's very into spirituality, she's very into helping people who she wants to help, who she feels inspired to help. Um, you know, so if there is a role model, I would say for me, given what I'm trying to do, I would say it would be Oprah because you don't see a lot of examples of people starting where where her origin story and landing where she's landed but not, it's not just the superficiality of where she's landed. It's the, like the journey to reaching this level of success where you are serving tons of people, but it's about what's authentic to you and doing it in a way that is in alignment with your values and your inner self, because she's all about that. Those are things that I didn't, know about like i hadn't been exposed to that world so she and she came up in the baptist church all that stuff so she has a similar kind of story but then she's oprah and i envision myself mm-hmm. as maybe a edgier rachety <laughs> lawyerly oprah so
1: yeah, <laughs> there's that. Okay. I think I'm I'm happy you brought up Oprah because um, Oprah is one of those people that obviously as a male, I've studied from a female standpoint. And, you know, in my first book, I I wrote an entire chapter called Fearless. And Oprah was the epitome of that chapter and understanding that as a kid, she was picked on, she was ridiculed, she had to wear rice bags, she was raped by family members. And still until this damn day, she gives back. She's a multi-billionaire, not just one, right? She's like I think she's closer to probably three billion at this point, right? So she gives right. that definition of of again for you that would be a hell of a, a role model and someone right. to follow, right? So yeah, I definitely, I definitely concur with that one. All right, so going into mm. my next bonus question, right? If you could be a superhero, who would it be and why?
0: Wonder Woman for all the obvious reasons. I would be Wonder Woman because she is beautiful, gorgeous, all that which I do. Hey. And she's badass like she can fight and stuff, but it um she does it to like defend other people and stuff. You know, it's not just kind of this kind of I don't know. Mm-hmm. compared to male superheroes there's there's a different dynamic so for her i feel like she she is in her femininity but she is powerful she's strong she's unapologetic um and she's very ambitious um driven all that stuff so i would if i could be continue to be a badass and have a great figure (laughs) and make people tell me the truth (laughs) with a lasso that sounds that
1: sounds great. I mean, I, I want everybody to understand don't don't let don't let her lawyer side fool you, right? I mean, she, yes, she 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 looks and plays the part, but like she said, she's from the south, so I could totally see her back in the day carrying Vaseline in her pocket and pulling off earrings, getting ready to throw the fear one. I, I think I remember one time on Facebook or Instagram you had posted that video, um, try Jesus, don't try me. Yep. yep. I, I almost pissed on myself, Doc, and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's you all day. That's definitely you.
0: well, and see, and that because you know me in that way, but that's part of you know even why I'm doing this because to this day, mo- what I haven't allowed myself to be known. That's really what it's about. But um, I'm looking forward to being fully known. But yes, you you knew that, and there are <laughs> others that know. Yeah. Like, oh, that makes sense. That makes yeah. perfect
1: sense. It makes perfect sense. So, going into, into closing out this podcast, I also uh-huh. have the opportunity of my guests to grab the microphone and on the journey, you may have had questions. So, the microphone is yours. What questions do you, mm-hmm. you have for me? Um,
0: where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Five years from now. So, what year is this? This is 2021. So, in five years, I, I'm thinking like the platform that I'm currently working on. To your point, obviously, I think it's going to be like a multi-million dollar platform, but more so, I'm striving to help people and I'm checking the list, right? So part of my journey of helping people is influencing more and more business owners, more and more entrepreneurs, more and more startups, small business owners to get Mm -hmm. them on their journey. So what I'm looking at my tangible conversions is how many people have I actually helped? So to date, you know, I'm keeping a tally in my head. Like I had one guy that I had an opportunity to interview on the podcast, but him and I have been friends forever. And he had an opportunity to start his own podcast because I started my podcast. Awesome. So that's the cause and effect that I'm looking for. I, I want people to say, hey, I started this because I seen you doing it. I got on this because you had Joy on the show and she was talking and she empowered me to do this. So my goal is to look, I want to see a million people to say, hey, awesome. thank you. I am now a boss uncaged.
0: Awesome, awesome. I, I I can see it. I
1: mean, this is amazing. This platform is amazing.
0: Um, so yes, I think you can do that. Let next question. How has um, family played into your 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 journey? So as a parent.
1: Um, as a parent, well, you know, i I'm, I got one crazy, genetically given child. And obviously and I got married as well. So I have a stepchild as well. So just, I'm constantly trying to influence them on this journey, constantly showing them that, you know, you don't have to work for anybody. You can make your own hours. You can put the time in and you can get results, you know, living where we live and having the amenities that we have are all a testament to what your parents are doing on their day to day. So that's, that's part mm-hmm. of it. Um, as far as my, my parents, you know, my goal was never to strive to make them proud of me. My goal was to execute a plan to show them that their grandkids are going to have opportunities that their grandparents didn't have so wow. I mean, so looking mm-hmm. at that that and I'm more of a legacy kind of person i'm I'm establishing all this content and creating all of this audio and video because when I'm dead and gone knowing the mm-hmm. way the internet works, all this is going to be there. So I'll be able to have great grandkids that will be able to go back and be like, what's this Boston Cake shit? Who's this crazy ass <laughs> great-great-grandfather of mine? And then listen to the evergreen content that that you and mm-hmm. I are creating right now. Right.
0: That's amazing. I mean, legacy, I think is amazing. I think just what you talked about, like, I'm just going to say in the black community in particular, um, this matters a lot it matters a lot um we need to see examples of people doing you know using their talents in support of things that support legacy in their family because that's something we haven't always had um and i think it, ma- i think it matters a lot and i think the variety and the diversity of how you do that and the ability you know how you're doing it how i'm doing it like and you showing that like on this podcast, like you should, there is no like I think how I started. There's no rules to this. There's no rules to any of this. Don't kill people. That's a rule. I think that's very important. Don't physically, sexually do any of those things. All bad things. Once those are to the side there are no rules. It's who are you? What? How do you show up? And and what what can you offer? And what can you leave? Like what kind of legacy can you leave for your family? Of course, but also just the larger community. So I. I commend you for for doing this and even thinking about this in a way that ties the legacy.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely appreciate it. So, I mean, if you have any other questions, this is the time. Otherwise, we're going to close it out. Hmm.
0: What do you, what kind of hobbies do you have currently?
1: Currently, so in the last 12 months, I picked up sailing, bought a sailboat and been learning how to sail. So that's one of the things that I, Mm -hmm. I, I like to do obviously a cold and nobody in my household wants to go outside when it's cold besides myself so you know I've made some friendships on that journey of becoming a sailor and met some other guys wow. that are out there sailing uh, on a pretty regular basis so again I try to get out there at least once a month even during the winter time to just get out there and, and go sailing um in addition to that like my passion would always be rock climbing and mixed martial arts
0: okay okay that's still in there though you get old that's good
1: I mean, last time I checked, we were the same age, but, you know, I can still get on a rock. I'm
0: old, (laughs) too. No, okay, that's cool. Well, awesome. Well, those are my questions, and I just, you know, I really appreciate this opportunity. This means a lot. We haven't talked a while, but I have very high regard for you, and I I really appreciate you, you know, giving me the opportunity to kind of share and, and share the
1: vision. Well, yeah, I mean... To your point, I think you have a hell of a message, and I think, to your point, doing it the way you want to do it and understanding that you're going to represent millions, if not tens of millions of females that are currently where you were, and they just need the leap of faith to see an example, to jump forward. So you're stepping to that shoe. You're taking the brunt of the weight on your back, and I think that the results are going to show for it. So I definitely appreciate you coming on the show, and and thank you. Thank you. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncage. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an shirt trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 233 BOSS that's 762 233 2677 I would love to hear from you remember to become a boss and cage you have to release your inner beast S.A. Grant signing off Listeners of Boss and Cage are invited to download
0: a free copy of our host S.A. Grant's insightful ebook Become an Uncaged Trailblazer Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.